repeat after me. They know. They know. We know. We know. The whole world knows. Ah, that was awesome. That was awesome. What a cool moment. A lot of cool things came out of that football game. Um, yeah, really cool. Boz is kind of the default answer as we're talking, going kind of decade by decade, favorite yeah. Sooners. And Boz is kind of the default answer there for the 80s. Although, I mean, a bunch of really good players in the 80s. Yeah, and I have uh, an honorable mention. I-, I went with Keith Jackson in the 80s. Honorable mm-hmm. mention to me, Jamil Holloway. One, yeah. because of the obvious. He steps in in 85 and helps OU win a championship. But two, and most importantly, Jamil Holloway contributed to one of my favorite moments of this past football season. I believe it was the season opener. We're at O'Connell's doing the postgame show. Gunny's hanging out with us. And Gunny says that he's going to approach Jamil Holloway to say hello. Well, he does so. And it turns out that... Jamel Holloway knows exactly who Gunny is because Jamel listens to the ref all the time. <laughs> and it sounded like Jamel was more impressed with meeting Gunny than Gunny was with meeting Jamel Holloway. That's that awesome. Was, yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible. That's funny. Um, Ricky Dixon, Dante Jones, Daryl Reed, um, Anthony Phillips, Tony Casillas. I mean, there's a there's Derek a pretty Shepherd, good list. Derek Shepard would be uh, yep. honorable mention for me as well, for sure. Yep. Uh, okay, let me get to some of these here. Ladonna from Lubbock says Quentin Griffin, and I love him. He I love that he came back later to graduate. He was a silent beast. Love him. That's right. Kuzu. Uh, you know, and he's kind of. You know, obviously he's. He's not overlooked, but does at times get lost in the shuffle when we talk about running backs at yep. Oklahoma. You know, he's you know, that run he went on in the 2002 season. What did he do, like eight, nine, ten games in a row with over 100 yards, something like that? Just incredibly productive, man. Incredibly productive. I mean, all three years that he was the main ball carrier, I – yeah, DeMarco was more talented. Adrian Peterson more talented. Like just in terms of pure athleticism, probably doesn't rank all that high in terms of running backs we've seen here the past twenty five years. But you could always count on him. And a guy that man never really made a big mistake that I can think of. And no. maybe I'm totally blanking on a big fumble that he had. I, I don't but I can't think of one. In he fact also- in fact, Teddy, he was more likely to clean up someone else's mess than he was to you know have a fumble of his own and I'm going back to that 02 Texas game sure. where he picks up a fumble at the 2 yard line and runs it in. He had I don't remember it and uh maybe there's a chance Mike Brooks is uh is listening but he had a stretch of carries without a fumble that was unreal. I can't remember what the final tally was on it but i remember it being a thing um so yeah he's and think about this like here's the other deal he never played behind an offensive line that was like really what you would consider like like top tier i would yeah sure 2000 i mean that group got it done I'm not taking anything away from that group, but 
you didn't have a draft pick one on that. There's in that 2000 offensive line. I don't think there's a single guy that played in the NFL. I don't think so either. And in 01 and 02, his junior and senior years, I there were some names on there, but they weren't who they ended up being. You know what I'm saying? I those guys were all playing young and developed into really good players like Jamal and Wes and, and some of those guys, they developed into really good players. I mean, I'm not saying the offensive lines were bad, but they're not what some of the other guys that we talk about have had. So to do all of that during like really like the best those Big three years, the, the Big Twelve was as best as it, as good as it ever was during that time as well. Yeah, especially defensively, like but especially O one and O two. Those are probably two of the lower offensive output years that Oklahoma's had over the last 25 years yep. since Stoops came. Didn't matter, though. Guy always right. produced. Always, That's always right. produced. Uh, for me, in the early 2000s, it's a two-way tie between Rocky Kalmus and some guy named Teddy Lehman. First-time <laughs> texture here. Love the show, guys. couple Thank of you. jinx guys. <laughs> Jamie in Whitehouse says 70s Selman. Just says oh. Selman. Doesn't matter which one. Yeah. Yeah. 80s Ricky Dixon. 90s, DeMond Parker, 2000, Mark Clayton, 2010s, Baker. Yeah. I think, too, if you didn't live through the 90s, you may forget or don't realize just how good DeMond Parker was. Yep. And if yep, he comes back right. in 99, then I wonder what if that he, offense looked like. If then. he comes back in 99, there's no telling how good that, that group would have been. But we also probably would have had Q for 2003. Yeah, I, we've done this what-if before, and it, it hurts to think about. It's painful. Yeah. Camo Sooner says 70s Elvis Peacock. Mm. Got to be the greatest name in program history at least. Yeah. 80s is Keith Jackson, 90s Damon Parker, 2000s Mark Clayton, 2010 Sterling Shepard. So MC yeah. getting some votes here. I like that. Yeah, I like it. That's good. That's good. Kadem the 918 says 90s players are easy. One, Cedric Jones. Two, Kelly Gregg. Three, Martin Chase. Four, Thunder. Five, Lightning. Um, 405 says, I couldn't really come up with anybody in the 90s, but I like this idea. Instead of a 90s player, I'm adding a 60s player, and that will be Granville Liggins. My yeah. 70s, Tom Brahaney. My 80s would be Marcus Dupree. This looks like it's voice to text. And again, I really couldn't come up with a 90s player, so my 2000s player would be Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to have so many options. Like that's one of the things that we um, maybe take for granted a bit. That I I don't know. I mean, every every program can do it to a certain degree, but not like this. You know, pretty much all of these guys that we're listing off. And everyone texts in almost, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of the same, sure, but there's a lot of difference. And most of these guys would be the best player to ever play at whatever school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, and that's what I, like, I, I brought that up to Bob a couple of weeks ago when we're talking about the College Football Hall of Fame. If you played at Arkansas or Missouri or Ole Miss or... I. 95% of schools out there, you'd already be in the College Football Hall of Fame if you had the same career. 
but you may not get in for another 20, 25 more years because of the players that are in front of you. Right. That's how insane it is. Yep, that's right. Uh, Johnny H. says Q's, says Q's last 510 carries without a fumble. There you go. Jeez, that is insane. 510 yeah. carries. He was playing against a great Nebraska defense. Uh, multiple times he's playing against a great Kansas State defense. Texas had good defenses at that time. The bowl games that you played in, Big 12 championships, that is, that's awesome. Yep. That is really good. I'm just trying to think, like, 500 carries. I I don't know. There's probably probably not a really long list of players, especially during his era, of of players with 500 carries, like, in their entire career. Steve Owens probably got that in six games, but, yes, mostly you're you're right. Yes. Yeah, he got that in the uh, Nebraska and OU Texas games in one year. Probably, yes. Here's a list I like for the 405. You'll you'll like this one, too. 70s, Bill Dahlke. 80s, Lydell Carr. 90, Justin Fuente. Mm -hmm. 2000, Lance Donnelly. 2010, Baker Mayfield. Appreciate for – thanks for texting in the show, Lance. I need. I, awesome. I wish I could meet that guy. According to you, he sounds like the funniest oh human gosh. being that's ever existed. Riot, absolute riot. Oh, that's good stuff. Nine one three. Q was the man. Should have had more scores. He he tough smooth his way to some records if he played today. Yeah. Yep. You Who's, know, a lot of similarities. Like obviously, like stature. And style to a degree, a lot of similarities to Barry Sanders, and also like just demeanor on the field. Quiet, wasn't a showboat, wasn't didn't you didn't see him celebrating, just kind of handed the ball to the official. Uh, very very low key player. Okay, so the way that people still talk about balls around here, how they talk about Bake, and we'll always talk about Bake. Well, who's going to be that guy? Like post Baker Mayfield, you've got Kyler Murray. C.D. Lamb, Danny Stutzman, potentially. Stutzman's the first name that comes to mind yeah, for me. Yeah, kind of, yeah. That's why I mentioned him so quick. Yeah. Like, if he has a year where he's a Buckus finalist, wins the Buckus, has a couple of more viral moments throughout the season, and they're really good this year, he could absolutely he could absolutely be that guy of just kind of the, the most recent four years. I mean, he is – he's – like ninety percent linebacker, ten percent like WWE wrestling star. Like you know, mix. knows how to get the crowd going, and uh, he's always working on something behind the scenes. Like he's got he's got something up his sleeve for every game, every situation. He's he's working it. So I, I totally agree on Stutzman. Now, depending on how the career goes, that's the biggest factor here. But it seems like. Jackson Arnold's got um, some entertainment qualities about him as well. Yeah. And he could – I mean, he's he's going to be the quarterback that leads you into the SEC, a new chapter for this program. And if he plays at a high level and he's got some Baker-level moxie to him, he could be right there with with Stutzman after it's all said and done. I don't know, man. 
I, you got to remember, like one of the first games Stutzman was even at OU, he tore his elbow up and remember him going insane as they were oh, walking him off hey, the field. Hey, I, I know the incredible things that he would have to do to get on Danny's level. I'm just saying, like, being the first SEC quarterback, if you do some big things and you're entertaining that's along true. the way, then that's going to go a long way with this fan base. That's true. There's a lot of truth to that. I mean, it's – Gabriel, um, he had a style to him. He, it's not like he was a quiet guy. I mean, he was he was he, he was pretty up. low. He key. loosened up a lot more this past season, a yeah. lot more. But you know, he was low key though in interviews and stuff, and really toned down. Now, whenever he was out there on the field, he was competitive, and like he'd run a guy over. Who was was that? The Iowa State game ran that dude over and let him know about it on the touchdown. Yep. Um, North end zone, I think. So he he had some personality out there in the field, but like, I mean, Jalen Hurts was pretty low key. Kyler was pretty low key. Um, CD was even pretty low key. Rattler like. was was pretty low key. Caleb Williams was not low key, but you know, obviously, short tenure. Okie Drink Slinger says David Stone has the potential. He already seems to have a big personality. It's true at all these all-star games. He's basically talking trash to the offensive lineman about what he's about to do, and then he does exactly that. Right. Well, let me say this. And this is not directed at David Stone. But it's not rare at all for freshmen, especially pre-practice or pre-workouts to have big personality and oftentimes it gets uh it gets snatched out of them really quick (laughs) you know but other guys that that can talk the talk walk the walk tommy harris huge personality day one whenever he stepped on campus and he could talk the talk and walk the walk so it never got snatched from him but there was a bunch of other high-level recruits that came in that you never heard a peep from again. So I hopefully he is uh, the Tommy Harris mold, which looking like it right now. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Hundreds per month on your brand new home creations home. Live like a champion today by calling Holly at 405-364-9999 for full details. 364 home It's the rush on a Friday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line where we got a lot of great text to get to, including this one. It says 20 years from now, there's a new sheriff of Fansville, Special Agent Ninja Dano Stutzman. He's going to take over for uh, <laughs> Boz, the sheriff of Fansville. That'd be that'd be sweet. Nice. Jimmy Casper nice. says Jackson Arnold will have to become a legendary sh- talker to even be in the same zip code as Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield is 
he's a dude all on his own, for sure. I mean, it, I, I can't speak to every era, but I know Baker Mayfield, legendary, legendary trash talker. And I'll tell you right now, like a lot of people may not know it, Rocky Kalmus, legendary trash talker. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm all ears on this one. What was his go-to material? I, I mean, I don't know. Just everything. It's constant. And you know what's interesting? The dude never heard him say a curse word, ever. So he trash-talked without Clean. cursing. Yeah. Wow. That's Think about the, that. That's the most intimidating typo. Yeah. Wow. I know. He could have That's been, not easy to do. He could have played at BYU if he wanted to. Dang. <laughs> not easy to do. I funny. I didn't know that was possible. He had legitimate trash talk and never cursed one time. Yeah. Wow, what a guy. I'm Boomer sure. Jim from Wisconsin says, Teddy, did you ever trash talk on the field? You seem pretty low-key outwardly, but you were a killer. Uh, Rarely. Rarely. I did later on um, in college, not really. I did later on. Please tell um, me at least in the 03 Bedlam game you said a few things. Uh, probably. Probably. I think a lot of it, I, if, if there was ever any moment where I was that amped up, it probably happened, but it's one of those things where you don't remember it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but pretty... I, I thought all of it was really just a nuisance. I just wanted to get to the next snap, get the call from the sideline, and get it to everyone because I didn't want to hear anyone talk about how they didn't get the call, they didn't hear the close call, oh, I didn't know what it was, all that crap. I like you uh, going over to the sidelines and telling Brent or Mike that didn't get the call in, in time, telling those guys they couldn't get the call in yeah. in time because they're fighting with one another. Yeah, let's go. Get the call in. Come on. They're about to snap the ball. We're still standing here in the huddle. Peyton says that Rocky and Phillip Rivers would have been best friends. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> back, oh, man. Back to Jim and Casper's text about Jackson Arnold will have to become a legendary sh- talker to ever be in the same zip code as Baker. Right. He's also going to have to plant a flag somewhere. Um Doing it at Death Valley this year after a win would be awesome. Doing it at Missouri this year would be awesome. If, if he were to do it this year in, in Baton Rouge after a big win, that would uh, yeah, that'd start to put him on the right path. But he'd still have a long way to go. Yeah. A long way. No, that's right. That's right. Um, you know, I looked at something. Take a guess. How many career um, – rushing attempts do you think uh billy sims had oh man uh i have no clue but i'll guess that he had 400 billy sims in four years 400 rushing attempts but did was he was he running the ball a lot his, his freshman year as well well for example the the most rushing attempts in a season is Steve Owens with 393. The most rushing attempts in a career, Steve Owens with 958. Number two is DeMarco Murray with 759. How, how many times did he, did he run the ball? He well, the ball? He, he ran the ball, uh, let's see where to go, 500 and, uh, 593 times. Which my point is, 
Quentin Griffin almost had Billy Sims' entire career rushing attempts without a fumble. Like five, what was it, 515 they said? Yeah, and then somebody else texted in and said, let me go back and find it to, to quote it, um, saying that he didn't have one with the Broncos either in the, yeah. in the NFL. Wow. Well, he had 744 career rushing attempts, um, which is fourth all time. And I don't know. He he maybe just had one fumble in there that broke up that <laughs> his entire career. I, I mean, don't know. There, there's one like you can be, you can protect the ball better than anyone. But sometimes a helmet just happens to hit the football sure. and it gets knocked out. And the fact that he ran the ball that many times and it never happened is just insane. Yeah, insane man. And still broke yep. as many tackles as he did, and able to keep his body upright with that right hand and extend plays. He's 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 special, man. Adrian Peterson, his freshman year, had three hundred and thirty nine rushing attempts in that season. Like that's knocking on the door of Steve Owens. That's third most all time. There's no one else that's even in the three hundred. And that that was uh, did you say that was 04? 04 is freshman well, year. It's it gets even more impressive when you consider that he didn't start until halfway through the season. I mean, he, he was playing early on, and he got carries right. in that Bowling Green game in the opener, and I think he scored a touchdown in that game, but he wasn't really getting the bulk of the carries until later on that season. Jeez. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, Adrian had 339 as a freshman. That's third third best all time. Um, Samaje Pirine, his true f- freshman year in 2014, he had 263. As a, as a true freshman, that's number six all time. So some youngsters uh, getting a heavy burden right out of the gate. And those are two guys that you say are just kind of built different. You know, Samaje, he showed up looking like a like a four- or five-year NFL vet whenever he came out of high school. Rare. And uh, more people were talking about Joe Mixon in that recruiting class. But, yeah, yeah Samaje ends up as the program's all-time leading rusher. Uh, ESPN has a story out today. College football 2024, what we're most excited to see. All of their writers had one shot at the game they're most looking forward to this year. Here's how they did. The first one is Miami at Florida, week one, August 31st. In-state rivalry, a lot on the line for both coaches, but that's the first game that's listed, Miami at Florida. Like, huh, what? Why? Okay. I mean, you got neither team finished in the in the top twenty-five. Did either one of those teams even finish with a winning record? I know Florida didn't. I can't. I don't. I don't Miami think Miami was seven and six. Okay, they did make a bowl game. Okay, yeah, Florida seven did not. and six. Second so. one on the list was Texas at Michigan. Okay, I can I can see that. Yeah, first big game for Michigan with the new head coach. Third is Georgia at Alabama. All right. Yeah. You know? Fourth is Ohio State at Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Then it's Georgia at Texas, FSU at Notre Dame, Michigan at Ohio State, and then Utah at Oklahoma State by Bill Conley. Hmm. That's interesting. While I think that's going to be a great game, um, it's a weird one to to pluck out of there. Just doesn't hit like the other games, like the five 
games before that I mentioned, right? Yeah, Utah's going to be interesting. You know, getting their quarterback back, um, Cam Rising, is going to be awesome. But I don't know much about the rest of that football team. And maybe it doesn't matter. It's kind of maybe it's like pretty much the same year in, year out, except for quarterback. And uh, Cam Rising is going to be like on his fifth or sixth year, isn't he? Um, Cam Rising would be easily on, yeah, I think at least sixth for sure. Yeah, He's, he's been playing. I mean, he started his career at Texas, like when right. Tom Herman was there. It says Utah and Oklahoma State date TBD. Do they still not have dates for their Big 12 schedule next year? Oh. I know the game. Like, they have the schedule of the games that they're playing, but they may not even have the, the actual dates yet. That's weird. That's interesting. So they didn't do, like, like the like the ACC and the Big Ten where they release everything all in one well, big? Well, I think they release, like, the next four, three or four years of games, but I don't think they release the dates. Uh, and I you see. know what? We didn't find out about OU schedule last year until late January. It, yeah. it, remember, we were joking That's about right. how long it was taking. Yeah, the ACC, I guess, is the only one that released their entire. Like they've got everything, right? Dates and everything, don't yeah. they? Yeah, feels like for the next seventeen years or something like that. Yeah. It's a long time. What game on next year's schedule are you most looking forward to? Now, is this Oklahoma or just anyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. OU, come on. OU. I, it's got to be it's got to be Alabama um, for home road LSU. Yep, that's exactly me as well. It's still Alabama to me, even though Saban's not on the sideline anymore. I will say though, uh, it does kind of change the dynamic a bit because I'll tell you, like storyline wise and crazy fan base wise we're probably massively overlooking the Tennessee game yeah um I mean I don't think we're overlooking it I mean that would easily be number two for me and it would be top I I would probably go Alabama at LSU and then Tennessee three games I'm most looking forward to next year Hypers return like all that like I'm not at least I don't think I'm overlooking it no well I guess what I'm saying is outside of Texas it, you could make a pretty easy case that it's the most important game. Oh, it, it could set the tone for the entire SEC slate, for sure. It could set the tone. You've got two highly recruited, five-star young quarterbacks that have just a little bit of experience under their belt. I mean, that's going to be both of those guys' first big game, unless Tennessee has something in the non-conference in the first three games that – I don't remember, but I mean, like I think Tennessee is a long shot team to make something happen next year if that quarterback is what people have said he is. They got Chattanooga at home, NC State and Charlotte's, the Dukes Mayo Classic, and then Kent State before they play OU. I'm telling you, that's going to be a big one, and they're going to travel like crazy. Well, they did when they were awful back in yeah. 2014. I know. They're going to be all amped up because Iyama Liava is probably going to throw for three bills in all three of their their non-con games. Probably the same for Jackson Arnold. It's going to be That's going to be a big-time shootout right there. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next.
Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. Sports radio icon Mike Steely and OU Insiders Parker Thune. Get you through the midday with the Steelman and Thune at noon. Do you want to go to Wimbledon for Wimbledon, or do you want to go to Wimbledon for the strawberries and cream? Both. I think it'd be cool. I used to be a much bigger tennis fan. Knowing the signs is the best way to prevent bullying. Please just leave me alone. Learn the signs at sandyhookpromise.org. It's what caught Teddy's eye, brought to you by Yala Ghazni Law. Think that hiring a lawyer will get you less for your injury claim? Yala Ghazni Ghazni Firm fights hard to get you everything you deserve. Call or text for a free, no-obligation consultation at 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. I see another um, NFL fan has... Uh, before the season, tattooed Super Bowl champions on themselves. This is a Detroit Lions fan. Um, has and this is I feel like every year this is something that happens. Um, that's quite the risk though with Detroit. How has maybe it has and I just don't know, but. Why hasn't this thing spilled over into college football at all? Is it because Alabama's always uh, or Georgia is such a huge favorite? You early don't think on? this has been going on in the Big Twelve? It probably, or excuse me, in, in college football, we just been in the Big Twelve so long that no one has a football program that's rabid enough to do something like this. I bet we hear a lot more stories about this now that we're an SEC program. We hear a lot you think more about there's, it. You think there's a bunch of. Uh, 2023 Florida Gators national champion tattoos yes. floating around out there. When we go to Auburn this year, there will be a guy that's like, hey, you like my 2011 Auburn national champs tattoo? Didn't you guys go like 5-7 and seven that year? <laughs> Hell yeah, but I still got it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's uh, that's hilarious. Um, should we be worried about what's going on down in Texas? The uh, The border crisis? Is that yeah. what you're referencing? Yeah. Um, it doesn't look great right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I see, like, several videos a day just, like, <laughs> yeah, it's – it's an, well, it, it's even happening in California now, too, correct? I feel like I saw a video of the boat just rolling up to the shore. Yeah. And they just run across the, the highway there right off the beach into, the, into, into town. Well, that looked like a high-speed Navy SEAL uh, beach landing. So you to... saw the exact same video yeah. then, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting, fascinating stuff uh, going on out there. And I saw this, um, which is interesting. We've talked about it before, but former OU golf, golfer Anthony Kim yeah. maybe making a comeback with Live Golf. Good for him, man. Um, yeah. I, I hope that happens for him. He uh, he likes to play poker. I, I know he yeah. likes to play some cash games out at Riverwind where you were at, and so no, that that'd be. That'd be really good for him. I mean, is he on the upper end of best OU, best golfers to come out of OU ever? Well, ever, I'm the wrong guy to be asking about that. I don't know. So am I. That's the one I, why I was the one asking it. But he was – he had a really good career trajectory going on, and then 
wrist injury or something like that, I think, kind of derailed him a little bit. And if I remember, maybe the story isn't even true, but I feel like he had like a big, like an insurance injury settlement that kind of uh, forbid him from playing professional golf again, or at least for some long period of time. So I don't, I don't know if that was ever true or not, but whatever that is, perhaps it's lapsed and he's getting back in with Live Golf. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's all I got. Pro football writers named DeMar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year. Now, the AP released their finalists for Comeback Player of the Year. So I think this is a different Comeback Player of the Year award, but the pro football writers awarded DeMar Hamlin, and I would guess that DeMar Hamlin probably wins AP uh, Comeback Player of the Year as well over Baker. Yeah, is Baker up for it? I mean, yeah, he's a, he's mean? a finalist for AP um, Comeback Player of the Year. I mean, that's interesting. It's like two totally different types of comebacks. Well, yeah, um, Baker. Like the the top three are Baker, Joe Flacco, and Demar Hamlin. It's pretty different. One, you know, I I think they're all three pretty self explanatory. Then Matt Stafford is one, and I forget who the other is with the AP. You know, I guess because my first thought is, like, isn't that like just a, I don't know, like it's a set, this is what we're going to do type of thing, and you almost have to vote for it. But then I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, well, you know, if you do come back from death on the field and play the next season, then, yeah, you Give him the award, you know. Give him the award. (laughs) Baker, I'm sure, would take it. It'd be awesome if he won it. But Baker's doing just fine without a Comeback Player of the Year award. I mean, the only thing harder to come back from uh, than death is the Browns. And Baker pulled that off. So Here is a headline for you from earlier today. Uh, 419, actually. U.S. will keep nuclear weapons in Britain for the first time in 15 years as fears of a European war edge ever closer. So just some good news here on this Friday for everyone. Hmm. Well, I guess <laughs> I feel sorry for the people of uh, Great Britain, but I guess better there than here, you know? <laughs> if you're, if you're going to put a, a, a target somewhere, don't put it on your own back. Yeah, put it on the, put it on the Brits. Exactly. Yeah, put it on the Brits. So Interesting. I, uh, I I let you try to solve a murder mystery yesterday in Kansas City. Three men were did. found outside, frozen to death. Well, some um, some more people are talking here. New stuff has come to light. Well, I don't know if new things have come to light. There's just more and more speculation on why three healthy men just died out in the cold. The right. the father of one of the victims said that he and his wife are convinced that Jordan Willis, the homeowner, played a part in this somehow. Now, he's the guy that fell asleep for two days and didn't realize yeah. his three friends were outside frozen to death. Quote, we just haven't figured out how yet. What else could it be? Perfectly healthy men don't just drop off the face of the earth. I'm thinking that he, the three of them, learned something or saw something they shouldn't have seen, and he decided, well... I need to get rid of you now, friends or not. I guess the theory 
that the buddies came across is that um, the homeowner is the senior principal scientist at a lab in Kansas City, and maybe they saw something they shouldn't have, and this guy made sure that they were dead. That's that's the newest idea that's emerged here. I don't know. I, it just like there's not enough information. I you have to know how the guys like what else is going on there, like toxicology wise, to where it would even happen. Like typically, at some point, you'd be like, well. It's incredibly cold out here. I can feel this isn't going good. Why don't we, A, go back inside, if that's not an option, B, go through the gate on the side and go out to the car and leave. You know, like, there's got to be some toxicology reasons why that's even possible that they would have passed out or fallen asleep, whatever that they did outside, you know? Yeah, well, this story's not going to go away anytime soon. It's, it's going to be around for a while. So I will be frequently updating you in the audience as to uh, what happens with this case. But I, I'm, I'm pretty into Crazy. this one, man. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in what's going on here. Last one I have, former Oklahoma State quarterback Zach Robinson, I guess okay. interviewed in Tampa today for the OC opening. He was the Rams quarterback coach and pass game coordinator, Zach Robinson, being requested to interview for the va- a vacant Bucks OC job. So he could have a potential reunion with Baker. They were both at L.A. last year, but a former OSU OC and a former OU QB potentially in, uh, with the Bucks next year. I didn't know that. Now, wasn't he a really good baseball player? Zach Rob, I don't remember him. I mean, Is I, that wrong? Maybe that's wrong. I mean, Whedon um, played baseball. You're not thinking of him, right? right. Josh, no, Fields, no, 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 Josh no. Fields played in the bigs. Maybe, that, maybe I'm thinking of Josh Fields. Yeah, you know what? That is who I'm thinking of. I'm getting uh, Zach Robinson and Josh Fields mixed up. Fields was there like in 001, right? 01, 02. You don't remember? He was definitely there yeah. in 01 and 02, Teddy. Yeah. Zach Robinson, I don't yeah. think, uh, beat OU. Like gotcha. Fields did. Gotcha. All right. Pretty good stuff. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number two next. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is the ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. Engage in learning. We go all in for kids. All day, every day. To learn more, visit communitiesandschools.org. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. A blue blood job in college football is currently open, but it doesn't really feel like it, does it? I mean, technically that that job doesn't have a head coach, but it's still like, ah, yeah, they'll hire Sharon Moore this weekend officially. It's all good. And Jim Harbaugh even gave a quote yesterday that basically sounded like he already knows what's going to happen and the plan's already in place for Sharon Moore to be the next head coach. So yeah. that massive job is open, but is it really? Yeah, I, I mean, you're not even hearing know. any scuttlebutt of no. Michigan interviewing any big-time candidates either. 
Right. Yeah, and didn't they um, – didn't Harbaugh also kind of say the same thing, like he's fully supports Trump yeah, more? Yeah, so. yeah, that's what I'm saying is yeah. he said that to – I think the – is it the Detroit Free Press? Is that what the newspaper is up there? Um, but, yeah, he made comments like, I, I'm a Michigan man, I endorse this, and – the things he said, it was, oh, okay, Jim Harbaugh already knows that this is this plan has been put in place. But yeah. there's still some that think that uh, Michigan needs to hire Brian Kelly. Huh. I mean, I, I can understand that, but has, has Brian Kelly ever been part of a national championship winning football team at any position? Um, they made the national championship game in 2012. Yeah, but he where was he at Cincinnati before? That's a big yeah. no. Uh, I don't know. Let me go look at his past track record. Maybe, but not as a head coach. I mean, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, kind of at this point, I'm not saying Sean Moore has more credibility as a coach than Brian Kelly, but. I, I guess I just don't understand why you would do that. You Bri- know, Brian Kelly has two national championships, NCAA Division II, at uh, okay. Grand, Grand Valley State. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's impressive. But I guess I, I just I don't know that his accolades are worth not hiring the guy that just called plays for you, designed that offense like knows the in and ins and outs, like continuity is something that they need. Like you go hire Brian Kelly, you're liable to have, you know, 20, 25 of your guys jump in the transfer portal. Yeah. You it, know? Yeah. It, LSU, the way they operated their football team last year in Michigan were pretty vastly different. Now that doesn't have to mean that that's what Brian Kelly would do at Michigan, but it's not the seamless transition, like you're saying, if you just hire from within. Right, and it's not like he's a good coach. There's no doubt about it. But it's not like he has this reputation of being someone that all these college kids want to go play for. Right, correct. You know? Yep. Uh, Most people, when you think of Brian Kelly, you picture him red face on the sideline screaming at quarterbacks. Yeah, Notre Dame had to tell him to, hey, let's maybe not drop so many F-bombs, huh? What what do you think, pal? Let's, Let's go ahead and do that. Chapstick yeah. says if they hire Brian Kelly, we better bring Sharon Moore home in some fashion. Pay him what he wants. Yeah, I just I don't think it's going to – I don't think that – I think it's Sharon Moore and there's anything else is just kind of overthinking it. Sooner Shane and Springfield, Michigan law makes them leave the job posted for seven days. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw that as well. So it's yeah. – again, that, not even any scuttlebutt out there that they're interviewing any big-time candidates. And even if they do, even if that's Saturday, oh, Michigan apparent, I, I'm, I still think it's Sharon Moore. You know, it's posted. Um, I know it was his lifelong dream to be head coach there. You think Connor Stallions uh, makes a call in to the posted job? Yeah, well, yeah. he's he's not the only uh, person that lifelong dream is to be the Michigan coach. Les Miles is a Michigan man as well. So Connor Stallions, oh. Les Miles, co-head coaches. There you go. Make Michigan say no to that. Yeah. Wow. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will hit the final hour next.